So let me ask you a question. Um, I think most of you probably are familiar with Star Wars and the whole Star Wars thing, the movies and all the other things. One of the recent spin-offs, have you heard of them, is The Mandalorian. Kind of interesting. A uh, group of people who come from Mandalore, and uh, they have a very unique way of affirming something or telling you this is right or this is correct. And it's a phrase they use. And the phrase is, this is the way. They get a very sober look and voice and this, this is the way. And th what they're saying is, that's right, that's correct, you're doing the right thing. Well, let me take that over into our faith and ask the question, how does a person come to God? Well, faith, right? We know the answer to that. Faith is the way that we come to God. All right. Then how do we live for God? You come to God by faith, but how do you actually live for God? Is it a set of rules? Is it uh, morality? Is it knowledge? Is it sacrifice? How do you live for God? Well, there's a fairly simple answer. Not simple to do, but fairly simple answer. And the answer is, you walk with God. That's how you live for God. You walk with Him. You come to God by faith. You live for God by walking with Him. We're going to talk about walking with God today. And we're going to look at five Old Testament passages that show us people walking with God and see what we can learn from that. The very first one is found in Genesis. Genesis, the fifth chapter, and verse 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Now, we don't know a lot about Enoch. We do know that his father's name was Jared. I've heard that name somewhere before. We do not know his position, the job title that he held in life. We don't know his profession. We don't know his possessions and that probably should tell us a lot right there about what God thinks is important. We work so hard and we stress out so much for all of those kinds of things, position and profession and possessions, but that's not what God told us about Enoch. He told us Enoch walked with God. That was what was important to God about Enoch. He walked with God. He moved forward. He didn't just come to God by faith and then sit and wait for God to take him to heaven. He moved with God. He walked with God. Walking with God. Not away from him, but with him. Not out in front of him. Now, some people seem to be like they're walking in front of God. It's like, okay, God, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know what my plan is. I know what my agenda is. You, make sure you're there. 
so that I can turn to you and dial 911 God if I need you. But aside from that, I got this. I'm, I'm out ahead of you. That's not with God. That's using God in case of emergency. And some people seem to walk like behind God, kind of like their shoulders are slumped and they're dutifully lock-stepping along. Okay, God, tell me what to do. And the ancient Jews had over 600 laws, rules. And some people seem to live their faith like that. Okay, if I do all this stuff and don't do any of that stuff, then I'm okay. I'm just walking after God. Well, there's a sense maybe in which we walk after God. But I like the concept here. Enoch walked with God. With speaks of relationship. With God. Everything we do to build the relationship with God is walking with God. We're doing it right now. We're doing it when we study his word. We're doing it when we pray. We're doing it when we fellowship with believers. We're doing it when we serve the Lord. Everything we do with the Lord is with the Lord. And it builds the relationship and it deepens the fellowship. But with also speaks of how the Lord regards us. He's with us. We're with him. We're on the same team. We're together in this. God's got a plan for our lives. And it's not just us by ourselves. And if we get ourselves in a fix, we turn to God. We're supposed to be with him. And with also reminds us of where God is when we do get ourselves in a fix. He is with us. We have to look for him. We don't have to hope he's there. He's with us. How do you live for God? You walk with Him. You spend time with Him. You fellowship with Him. It's a, it's a daily thing. It's a relationship. You're with Him. My father passed away 50 years ago this summer. I can hardly believe I'm saying that, but 50 years ago this summer, my father passed away. He was a minister. And he was a young man when he passed away. He was 61. But I remember what the minister said at his funeral. He read this very verse that, that, that I've just shared with you from Genesis. And he said of my father, whose name was Earl, he said, Earl was a man who walked with God. And every day they walked together. And one day they got closer to God's house than Earl's house, and Earl went on home to be with God. I like that. And I think that also embraces the concept of walking with God. Enoch was a man who walked with God. Well, let's move on to a second Old Testament passage, and this is in Exodus, the first chapter, verses 15 through 17. Then the king of Egypt spoke to Hebrew to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shiphrah and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt commanded them. 
but saved the male children alive. Apparently, the number of Jewish people in Egypt who had been slaves there for hundreds of years had risen to the number that the Pharaoh was very concerned about maybe a revolt. Too many Jews, particularly too many Jewish men, danger for the Egyptian nation, he thought, perhaps. And so he called in the midwives and he said, okay, when the babies are born, kill the male ones. And that way, probably he's thinking the, the girls will intermarry with the Egyptians and there will never, never be a problem. We know that these two ladies, Shifra and Pua, walked with God. We know that, first of all, because they knew what God wanted in the matter. They walked with God so they knew what God wanted. That's one of the results of walking with God is the closer we get to God, the more time we spend with God, the deeper the relationship, the more we understand what he wants. We don't have to scratch our heads so much. We don't have to wonder what God's will is. They knew what God's will was. And we also know they walked with God because they chose God over Pharaoh. You imagine being a midwife, a Hebrew midwife in Egypt, and Pharaoh giving you an order and you deciding against it? These ladies walked with God. They knew what God wanted and they chose what God wanted. Now I want you to think about something. We do not know, we're not given the name of the Pharaoh who gave them this order. In fact, if you go back into Genesis and, and, and you see Pharaoh there working with Joseph, we don't know what his name was. And later on, when Moses grew to manhood and stood before Pharaoh, we don't know what his name was. In fact, there's a lot of debate in academia that, uh, you know, who was this guy? Who was the Pharaoh of the, of the Exodus? We don't know. We're not given those names. But we are given the names of two midwives. Almost 3,500 years later, we still know the name of the midwives who decided they were going to go with God. But we do not know the Pharaoh's names. What do you think God thinks is important in life? Who do you think God thinks is important in life? Shifra and Pua were two ladies. They were their midwives. They weren't wealthy. They weren't of high position or standing. But 3,500 years later, we know their names because they walked with God. And they pleased God. Kind of helps us think about priorities in our life, doesn't it? What's really important is walking with God. And then there's a third passage in the Old Testament I want us to look at. And this is from 1 Kings 15, verses 9 through 14. And this is about the king Asa. In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa began to reign over Judah. And he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. 
His mother's name was Maacah, and the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord as David, his father, had done. He put away the male cult prostitutes out of the land, and he removed Maacah, his mother, actually grandmother, from being queen mother because she had made an abominable image for Asherah. And Asa cut down her image and burned it at the brook of Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly true to the Lord all his days. Asa was the third king of the divided kingdom of Judah. Following Solomon, the nation of Israel divided the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. The first kingdom, king of the southern kingdom of Judah was the grandfather of Asa. His name was Rehoboam. His, name, his son's name, Abijah, followed him. And then the third king of Judah was Asa, who we've just read about. Now, what's special about Asa? Well, Asa was a godly man. His father was not a godly man. His grandfather was not a godly man. In fact, he had been raised in an environment of, 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 of uh, false worship, uh, of idols, of immorality. He had been raised in an in a anti-God environment entirely. Everything around him, uh, the expectations of his life were that he would live that kind of life. He would be that kind of king one day. But he, when he became king, decided to walk with God. He decided to go with God. He did something his father hadn't done, something his grandfather hadn't done, something his grandmother hadn't done. Everyone around him, he went against what they had taught and expected of him, and that he decided to walk with God. Now, this is a good Father's Day message. This is a good Father's Day message. His father, his grandfather, none of them had been godly people. But he, Asa, decided to be a godly man, to put his faith in God, to walk with God, and so he did. And for 41 years, he reigned in Judah as a godly king. And then his son, Jehoshaphat, reigned for another 25 years as a godly man. Why? Because Asa decided he was going to go with God. He was going to put his faith in God. He was going to walk with God. And it changed his reign. It changed his family. It changed how his son fo followed him. Asa was a godly man because he walked with God. Something that had not been expected in his family or taught in his family. You may have come from a family that was similar. Where you weren't taught to worship the Lord or love the Lord, or live for the Lord, for that matter. And yet you've decided, but I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord and trust Him as my Savior. Walking with God. Something Asa did, and it changed his kingdom, his family, and his life. The next one, the fourth one, and this may be a new name to some of you. In fact, it may be a surprising name to several of you. The fourth name we're going to look at is the person who wrote the 89th Psalm. 
and his name is Ethan. <laughs> How many people knew there was an Ethan in the Bible? Well, there is. And let me read to you about him. Psalm 89 attributes the words to Ethan, the Israelite, who is further identified in 1 Kings 4.30-31. Quote, So Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people to the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite. So Ethan was a man who was apparently a, a Levite leader, a, a head musician perhaps in the temple. He, maybe he was the Sean of the temple, I don't know. A writer of this psalm, Ethan. Now the psalm, we're not going to deal a lot with that because the psalm is 52 verses long, okay? But let me give you a sense of this psalm, the 89th psalm. Ethan begins by saying in verse 1, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. And then the last verse, verse 52, he says, Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Okay? That sounds, that sounds about right for a worship leader. But in the middle of the psalm, Ethan talks about celebrating God's faithfulness to his people and to his promises even when they are unfaithful. Well, the thought comes along, okay, so long as I'm walking with God, I'm good, right? Everything's all right, but... Boy, I mess up every now and then. I get a little full of myself every now and then. I, I get away from God every now and then. I've, I've gotten in some fixes that, that were, were self-inflicted. And, and what about that? In the middle of 89th Psalm, verses 31 through 33, Ethan writes this of the people, of God's people. If they violate my statutes... And do not keep my commandments, I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquity of stripes. But I will not break my loving kindness, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. I don't know about you, this is a huge encouragement to me. When I do get away from God, God's not going to break his promises to me. God still loves me. When I put my faith in him, I become part of his family, and he loves me. He's my father, and I'm his child. And yes, I'm going to make mistakes. Yes, I'm going to be sinful from time to time. I'm going to get away from him. I'm going to get full of myself. I'm going to get in trouble with him spiritually, but he's not going to cast me out. When I walk with the Lord, he's going to keep his promises to me. His promises to direct me and provide for me. His promises of relationship, saving relationship with me. His promises to be there for me and give me, give me guidance in my life. He, he's going to keep those promises even though, yes, I have turned away from him. Ethan writes about a God who, because we have relationship with him, loves us as a family and doesn't cast that away just because we Prove all over again that we're human. And then one final example from the Old Testament of someone walking with God. 
And this from 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 3. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Back in that day and age, largely being a leper was a death sentence. It was a terminal illness going on with the Scripture. Now the Syrians on one of the raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria? He would cure him of his leprosy. Think about this. A little girl has been taken away, has been kidnapped, taken away from her home and forced to live in another country. And not just any country, she's been forced to live as a slave or servant in the household of the very man who took her. A little girl. We don't, we don't even know her name. We don't know the backstory. We don't know but what this army came into her village and wiped everybody out and took all of the children or maybe just took her. We, we don't know about that. But we do know that she has been kidnapped away from her home and forced to live in another country, serving in the household of the very man who took her. We know she... We know she walked with God because of how she reacted to all of this. What would be the normal human reaction to having this cast upon you? Well, there's three levels that we can live at as humans. One is the demonic level. We can return evil for good. This is the person who typically uses other people, takes advantage of other people, hurts other people, doesn't care. They're just in it for themselves. Whatever they can get, they do. Demonic. And then there's the human level. We help those who help us. And we're ugly to those who aren't. Good for good, bad for bad. Then there's the divine level. And we hear this divine level from Jesus who said from the cross, Father, forgive them for they, they do not know what they are doing. The divine level is to return even good for evil. This is what we see in this little girl. Because she goes to the mistress of the household and says, I know how he can be saved. I know how he can be healed. I have the answer. It seems to me that most people probably would be full of thoughts of retaliation, of revenge, of anger. But not this little girl who clearly walked with God. And we know that from how she reacted to her situation. She didn't seek to return evil for the evil that had been cast upon her. She focused on her faith, not her fears, or for that matter, what was fair. 
What's the first word so often out of our mouths when something happens to us? That's not fair. That's not right. She focused on her faith, not her fears, and not what was fair. And she shared her faith with those around us, around her, and not, and, and not just those that were kind to her, but those who didn't even deserve to know it. Band, you can come on up. We've looked at several people today from the Old Testament, people who walked with God. One who did so as a matter of his daily life, Enoch walked with God. Two who walked with God at risk of their lives, the midwives. They clearly could have been put to death for disobeying Pharaoh. One who did so despite how he was raised or taught or expected to live, Asa. And it changed a kingdom and it changed a family because he decided to walk with God. One who did so confident of God's mercy and grace to see him through the low points of his life, Ethan. He knew that as being a part of a family with God, God wasn't going to throw him away during the low times, the bad times. And then one who did so, though life had dealt her some harsh and unfair blows. I want to close with three questions for you to consider. What is your walk today? And what does your walk say about your life? What is your walk today? Are you walking with the Lord? You walking out in front of Him? You walking after Him, just dutifully following along? What is your walk today? Second, is there anything that needs to be changed about your walk? And finally, what are you willing to make? What are you willing to do to make your walk? what the Lord wants it to be today and going forward.